so much you can see there for you. This morning, I want to talk to you about abiding in Jesus, abiding in Christ. Um, abiding is a word that John used in his gospel and in 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. Um, it means to live or to dwell or to stay or to remain. Sometimes the translations translate it that way, to continue, to never leave. It means to exist, to rest, to hide. So all of these words when the Bible says, uh, Jesus says, abide in me, it means, he means remain in me, continue in me, exist in me, rest in me, hide in me, live in me. And that has always been essential. But there was a facade on the world that we could get through our day and our week and our year. Um, and now that the world, outer world is in utter chaos, you have to have a refuge where there is order and peace and where you know who you're with and where you're at and what's going on, because outside it's all just a swirl. You have to abide in Christ. So I want to start in John 15. John 15, 9 and 10. Jesus said, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain, and that word is there is abide, remain in my love. If you, lo if you obey my commandments, you will remain in my love just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His love. The next slide is the same verse, but translated a different way, and it's the same word. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Abide in my love. If you obey my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and abide in His love. Next one is the same verse again with a different word to use for translation. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Live in my love. If you obey my commandments, you will live in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and live in His love. And one more, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me, stay in my love. If you obey my commandments, you will stay in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and stay in His love. It's all the same Greek word, but we can translate it lots of different English ways. Yes? Live, remain, stay, abide, exist, continue, rest, hide, all of that. So if, if Jesus is saying, live in my love, stay in my love, remain in my love, then his love is a place. His love is a place where you can go, where you can live, where you can stay, where you can abide. And it is our responsibility. Jesus said, I love you, you stay there. Don't get outside of my love. Hello? It's our responsibility. He gives the love. It's there. I live in my Father's love. You live in mine. Abide in my love. But it's your responsibility to stay there. So if you find yourself not living in love, somehow you have stopped obeying Jesus. Because Jesus said the way to stay there is to obey me. Hello? The way to live in my love is to obey me. So if you stop living in love, either being loving or feeling loved, you've somehow drifted out of the territory that is Jesus' love. You've stopped obeying him. So either when you cannot feel God's love for you and you're full of doubts and lies and depression and my life is worthless and why do I even exist and does God even love me and all of that, you're believing lies. You've stepped outside of the love of Christ. You're not abiding in his love anymore. Get back into obedience. Obedience of faith. Yes, God does love me. My life does have value. I do have a purpose and a calling. I'm not worthless. Or if you're not 
being or feeling loving toward God. Somehow you have drifted out of his love. Come on. Our emotions go up and down, but you should regularly feel love for God, at least as thankfulness. Usually something more than that, but at least as genuine thankfulness. You should feel and be loving toward God, and you should feel loving and good and kind toward your neighbor. If that isn't happening, you've somehow stopped obeying Jesus and you've drifted out of his territory. Abide in my love. Live in my love. Remain in my love. Stay there. So Jesus says to abide in him, we have to abide in his love. There's, a, there's another command about how to abide in Christ. And here it's from 1 John 2, 24 to 27. This is abbreviated uh, to point out what I want to point out. Therefore, let the truth abide in you, which you heard from the beginning. If the truth that you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. So back in the Gospel of John, Jesus said, if you, if you want to abide in me, you have to stay in my love. Here he says, if you want to abide in the Son and the Father, the truth has to live in you. These things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you, but the anointing, that's the Holy Spirit, the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and the same anointing teaches you concerning all things. It is true, and it is not a lie. Just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. As the Holy Spirit teaches you truth, you will abide in Christ. So there are two commands for abiding in Jesus, for remaining in his presence, for living in him, and it is you absolutely must remain in love and you must remain in truth. Back to the Gospel of John, chapter 14. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper, that's the Holy Spirit again, that he may be with you forever, that is the spirit of truth, and you will know him because he abides with you and will be with you. The spirit of truth must abide with you. So the way to abide in Jesus, the way to remain, to stay, to live, to rest, is love and truth. Love and truth hold hands and they never let go. You cannot separate love from truth and you cannot separate truth from love. If you cut them apart, if, the, if you in your life separate those two, neither one of them will work. Neither one of them will work. Love and truth must hold hands. Second John, verses 1 to 3. The elder, that's him referring to himself. The elder to the elect lady and her children. The lady is the church and her children is each individual one of us. To the elect lady and her children whom I love in truth. Look at that, whom I love in truth. There they are, holding hands. And not only I, but also all those who have known the truth, because the truth abides in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. Where are grace, mercy, and peace found? In truth and love. In truth and love. It's not just in love. It's not just in truth. It is you will find grace, mercy, and peace from God in truth and love. Second Thessalonians 2. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders. 
with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth. There those two are holding hands again. The people who are deceived did not love truth, that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. If we want to abide in Christ, we must love the truth and we must love in truth. Our love must be real, not pretend, not just being nice. Hello? You know there's people you don't like, but you smile and you nod at them. Mm -hmm. Your love has to be true and the truth must be loving. Come on, or we're abiding in Christ. Ephesians 4.15 is the verse that says, speak the truth in love. There those two are again in the same sentence. Speak the truth in love. 1 Peter 1, 22 and 23, since you have purified your souls by obeying the truth through the Spirit in sincere love of the brethren. The only way to obey the truth is in sincere love. Love one another fervently with a pure heart. Since you have obeyed the truth, love one another fervently. You see, they are inseparable. Having been born again, if you are born again, you will be committed to the truth and you will be committed to love, and in both of those, you are abiding in Christ. You cannot pick one over the other, or you will lose both, and you will not be in the territory that is Jesus. Abide in me. So, whatever truth you think you know must make you a more loving person, or it isn't true. Whatever you think you know, religiously, politically, in your family, whatever fact-checking you do, whatever judging of this preacher or that author or that politician or whatever, whatever you think you know, if it isn't making you more loving, you don't know anything. The truth will make you have more love for God, more love for Jesus, more love for your church as in your fellow Christians and the church, the institution. You will love the unsaved more if you have found the truth. It should make you want to evangelize, to want to pray for people's salvation. It will, the truth will always make you, if it's really true, it will make you love your Bible you can't wait to get up in the morning and read it. Well, I meant to, but it was busy and it slipped away and I had to go to work. Well, then you haven't found the truth yet. Hello. It will make you love prayer and love worship. If whatever you think is true, if it's really true, it will result in you being a more loving person. So whatever you think about the election results... Come on. Has it made you more loving in the last two weeks? Whether you hope Trump or Biden wins, either one, or whether you're convinced that you know exactly who cheated how and where, has that made you a more loving person? Then it isn't true. Whatever you think about masks, has that made you kinder to the people that disagree with you? some very judgmental mask police out there 
and some very hot-headed, nobody should wear a mask, folks out there. The truth will make you more loving. I don't mean nicer, I just mean loving. Whatever you, the facts you think you know about vaccines, or Antifa, or your family affairs, your ex, well, I know. I know the truth. Has it made you love them more? Then you don't have God's full truth yet. Because the truth will lead you to forgive that person, not to hate them. If you are not verbally, out loud, and from the heart, blessing those who curse you, loving your enemies, you are not abiding in Christ. Out loud, from the heart, bless those who curse you, love your enemies, abide in Christ. If you're more concerned with proving the other side wrong than winning them to Christ, you're not abiding in Christ. If you're not abiding in Christ, you've somehow missed love and truth. Whatever love you think you're showing must be in truth, not permissive of sin or excusing or participating in lies. I know that sounds like the opposite of what I just said, and it is. Good luck living in that irony. So I don't mean bowing to a lie and calling it loving your neighbor just to keep the peace. I'm not talking about some sort of pacifist sin permission. Well, we don't want to get in a debate so I'll just keep my mouth shut. That's not love because it isn't true. Come on. It isn't loving if it isn't true, and it isn't true if it isn't loving. And that is quite a tension to live in. But I'm not talking about, well, let's just all get along in some sort of truthless counterfeit love. If there's an issue that needs addressed in your family or in the nation, we're going to address it. But not just to prove the other side wrong. It, eternity matters more than anything. It's the only thing that matters. Come on, I'm not talking about being nice. Because 2 Timothy 4 says this, In the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, in view of his appearing in his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. You see it there? They're both there. Paul says, Timothy, be ready all the time. Correct, rebuke. Get in people's face and tell them they're on their way to hell. They're wrong. But do it with great patience. Careful instruction. You're not trying to prove them wrong. You're trying to save their soul. Great patience. Careful instruction, but also correct rebuke. So, where, whatever truth you know, then preach it. Resist the lie. Never be cowardly. Never back down from a fight. But you've got to be gracious all the time, working for kingdom goals or you're not abiding in Christ. It is possible to disagree strongly without being argumentative. It is possible to debate while being loving. Come on. 
Paul went into a town, he didn't care what anybody thought, he caused riots. He made people so mad, they beat him and stoned him. He did not care what they thought. And he did not back down from an argument. But he did it to save their soul. So, 2 Timothy 2 says, avoid foolish and ignorant disputes. He's not saying all disputes are foolish and ignorant, but avoid the ignorant and foolish ones. Avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing they generate strife. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all. A servant of the Lord must be gentle to all. Gentle to all, folks. You think you know something? If it isn't making you gentle to all, you don't yet know as you ought, Paul says. Come on, I know this is really hard to actually live it out, but there it is. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition. So he says in the same sentence, don't quarrel, and then in the next sentence he says, correct those who are wrong. Well, how am I supposed to do that, God? Figure it out. Speak up. Do not be a coward. Never back down. If somebody's living a lie, speak the truth, but never to just prove them wrong or, or say, I'm going to get what I want, or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you that you're wrong. It is, here's a better way. Here's God. Let me, I'm working for your soul. I love you. I want to set you free. In humility, correcting those who are in opposition. Remember that before you start typing your posts. In humility. Correct those who are in opposition. If God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth and that they may escape to their senses, come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. There are a lot of people taken captive by the devil doing his will in the church and the nation right now, and maybe your family too. You are going to deal with some demonized people who are truly evil. Be gentle. Be humble. Never back down from speaking the truth. But you're not there to pick a fight to pick a fight. You're there to save their soul. I love you enough to see past your very wicked ideas and behavior. I want to set you free no matter how much that makes you hate me. Some rough stuff coming, folks. No matter how this election turns out on, in January. Really, really rough stuff coming. We're going to have a lot to forgive. Because people you know, people in your own family, people in this church voted for and are working for what I would consider the ruination of our society. If I know any truth, it must make me more loving or it isn't true. It must lead me to forgiveness and graciousness, even with the people I oppose. And I will oppose them. And I will never be quiet. And I told Josh earlier this week, I'm probably going to be at the front of the line of the pastors that go to jail, not the back. They'll lay a lot on the altar to get here this morning. But here we are. I love you all. We're going to have a lot to forgive. Our friends and neighbors and unsaved family and even people who call themselves Christians. Some wicked stuff ahead of us, no matter what happens here with the election. Don't lose sight of this. 
Don't ever be a coward and keep your mouth shut just to save your own head. Don't ever be a jerk and spout off in something unloving. You're the one that's taken captive by the devil and I know the truth. Maybe not yet. And if it's, well, let's just, let's just not... Let's just not address that topic because we know that's just going to end up in an argument. Well, you're not being loving. Jeremiah 12, Jeremiah says, God, I know that you are going to prove me wrong, but I have to complain to you. Why are the wicked prospering? Why are evil people getting away with what they're doing and you're not stopping it? And just like everybody else, David and, and Solomon and Job and and Asaph that asked that everybody that asked that question, God doesn't answer it. He just says, Jeremiah, if you're having trouble now, wait till it gets really bad. God! God says, Jeremiah, if you're having trouble running on the wide open plain, how are you going to run through the brush thickets of the Jordan? If you can't race with men, how are you going to run with horses? Meaning, Jeremiah, it's going to get a lot worse. You better suck it up. Abide in Christ, folks. There will be no other answer for what we're about to face. Abide in Christ. Amen. Lord, we love you. We bless you. Thank you for bringing us together this morning. Lord, we want to abide in you above all else. We want to abide in you. Abide in your love. And abide in your truth. We want your love in us and your truth in us. Lord, we want to be your disciples and not the pawns of, of anyone else, any political party, any... We just want you. We want what you would tell us to do. We want to know what you would say is true. We want to love the people that you love. Thank you for loving us with an everlasting love. All our hope is in you, Lord. You are all the hope that we need. We bless you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.